You're listening to the Eastside Church Podcast, and we appreciate you joining us. Let's listen into a message from Pastor Brandon Sharp. Are you ready for the word? Here we go. <clears throat> I would tell you where to turn, but I'm not sure yet, so give me just a minute. We are going to talk about peace uh, this morning and, and the peace of God uh, particularly. Um, before I dive right in there, aren't you guys grateful for Tori Morgan? I'm grateful for you, man. <laughs> Amen, that's right. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you as a brother, as a friend, and as a minister of the gospel. And so thank you for how you preach and teach the word, man. Thank you for your love for the body, and particularly those new in the Lord, and, and discovering him, and finding him. And, and, and incredible word from last week. You guys, it's worth your time. Go listen to it if you haven't yet. One of the things that Tori said among many that I value incredibly is he said, no matter where you are in your journey with God, I want you to know God loves you. Right? And I, I love the way that Tori, I think it's very much a part of his gifting where he, 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 he doesn't miss anyone. <laughs> Wherever you are, it, he has this ability to speak to those right in the beginning or, or way down the road. And, and it's a beautiful thing. So, so this morning, um, let me follow in your footsteps a little bit, Tori, and just say, wherever you are in your journey, um, peace is a good thing, yes? yes. We, we could all use peace. We all... We all need the Lord to minister peace to us in our season. How many in the room are with me? Yeah? Use a little peace? Okay. That's where we're going this morning. Um, you know, and I, I want to, big surprise, newsflash, right? I want to start with a little bit of definition for us um, because kind of in the journey this week, I'm kind of defining it myself, you know? So... You know, those that teach semi-regularly will, will identify with that. Um, by the way, I haven't introduced myself yet, so for anybody who doesn't know me, I'm Brandon, one of the pastors here at the church. Um, <clears throat> the Lord teaches us as we go, right? Probably teach me as I, as, I, as I share this message. So to start out with peace, before I give you a definition, like just define it within your own, when your own, within your own scary brain. You know, just think about, think about how you, think about how you define it. Um, it's probably going to fall, right? Your, your definition, you got it? Say, I got it. Got it? Got it? It's probably going to fall somewhere, uh, you know, in line with Google. So Google defines peace as freedom from disturbance. As the air cuts off. <laughs> Tranquility. Yeah? Is that where most of you were? Freedom, freedom from disturbance. Tranquility, a state or period in which there is no war or war has ended. Interesting definition of peace, and I, I, think, I think I would probably fall somewhere right there with you guys. It's, it's uh, there's no turmoil, right? The turmoil's ended, quiet waters. And so, um, and, 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 and I certainly think that's right, y'all. I think because we approach it that way sometimes, um, we can identify our peace very circumstantially, right? Very dependent on circumstances. So, so some peaceful thoughts for you may be sitting next to the beach, sitting next to a lake, being on vacation, having a day away from your children, <laughs> right? 
and, and, so, and so again, because it's very busy, maybe it's very loud, it's very noisy, it's very demanding, it's tumultuous. And so if we can end that, then we can find peace. So often, because that's how we define peace, and I don't think inaccurately, um, we really don't pay attention too much to peace in our lives until it's absolutely gone. Would you guys agree with that? And our lives are in kind of a state of chaos, and then all of a sudden we are awakened, we come alive, Michael, to our need for peace. And so we find ourselves, I find myself, I'll speak for me, it's true, in this reactive kind of mindset when it comes to peace. Well, I'll find it after I've lost it. Do you guys identify with that? Does that speak to you at all? I certainly think that that's a part of how the Lord ministers to us. It's a part of what we just prayed, right? This, these situations, these realities, these places of, of turmoil, of brokenness, of hurt, broken relationships, finances that are a mess, right? Healing we need in our bodies, healing we need in our minds, those kinds of things. It's a, it's a place of turmoil, and we're crying out and saying, God, you're the God of miracles, I need you to move right here and bring peace by ending the turmoil. You guys with me? Okay, yep. does God do that? Yep. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. He is deliverer and that is one of the ways that he brings peace. So we'll call that peace that delivers. Okay? Peace that comes when we find deliverance or delivering peace. But what if the Lord's peace is, it's a little bit bigger than that. It's a little bit more complex than that. It's multifaceted, right? And only one of the ways that he brings peace is by delivering. But he certainly does it. And we can look at Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Joseph and David and Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, and we can go through all these Bible stories. This is a book that says God is a delivering God. And he's a peace-giving God in deliverance. And that's my testimony, and that's your testimony. Right? You guys with me? Does he, always, does he always bring peace that way? No. Evidence by a room full of, of Christ followers praying for breakthroughs, we still need. Right? And so our peace can't be completely dependent. I'm just kind of walking you through this morning. We're just going to kind of take a survey. Our peace can't be completely dependent on the deliverance. Otherwise, we live in a state of turmoil. We live in a state of chaos, states of discouragement, states of depression, states of anxiety, right? So, so we are called to be people of peace. And I really wanna speak to three expressions of what that might look like because as I studied this and sought the Lord on this, one thing that, that kind of ministered to me was, oh, Father, maybe I've been looking at this a little too simply, right? And so let me observe some different sides of the same mountain, if you will. So certainly, 
when the Lord calms the storm, or he delivers, or he stops the war, peace comes. And that would be our delivering peace, that God is. But what about when everything continues to swirl around us, sometimes even often within us, and for whatever reason, we can't quite wrap our mind around, the storm rages, and we cry out, and we're on our face, and we get mad, and we get angry, and we shout, and we do all these things, and we call a brother and sister and say, what the heck is going on? Because I believe who God is, and I'm standing right here, and it seems as if nothing's changing. Can God minister peace to us in that place? Yeah. Absolutely. I, here's what I love. I love that I'm sitting in a, a room full of brothers and sisters that can answer that so, with such conviction. So there's delivering peace, absolutely. Sustaining peace. You guys like that description? I liked it. Sustaining peace. That may not calm the storms, at least not our way in our time frame. And maybe not until the kingdom fully comes. Right? De full deliverance is coming to every one of us. Like every Christ follower will experience 100% complete deliverance, healing, and freedom in him in time. So, period. End of story. But in the meantime, we need sustaining peace. And so let's think about that. Let's, let's touch a couple of scriptures so you're not, um, you know I'm not up here just giving you my opinions. Right? Think sustaining peace. When Philippians 4, 6 and 7, I think, Jackie, you have that one? Philippians 4, 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. You can flip. Yep. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to meditate on these things, the things that you heard and, and saw in me, right? Do these things. And the God of peace, it's interesting that he says peace of God and then God of peace. The God of peace will be with you. But, but let's think about that because we, we cruise through these scriptures and we do it too fast sometimes. And the first thing I'll point out, Jackie, if you'll throw it back up because this is very, very, very important, is this. Be anxious for nothing. Before we go on to the rest of the verse, our heart has to be steady right here. Our commitment, our resolve, church, has to be steady right here. I won't be anxious, right? I will not be anxious. I will not buy into fear. That will not be me. Now, here's the deal. Sometimes that happens in a moment. Sometimes you say it and the emotions line up. Sometimes you say it and the reality is there. Sometimes you walk through that for years. And there's very much a process very much a conversation, right? There's very much help that's needed. But it's the commitment that is important, right? So I won't be anxious, and whatever that process looks like, whatever it takes, however long it takes, whatever the sacrifice to walk in that place, 
I'm doing it. Do you guys see that? But, but if, the, if, the, if the stand, if the line in the sand is not there, we don't live in that reality where the peace of God is a bodyguard to us. Do you guys see that? The peace of God, if you'll do this, if you'll, if you'll stand strong right there and I will not be an anxious person in the name of Jesus. Why? Because he's provided for different. He's bled for different. He rose for different. And, and if, we'll, if we'll stay there and commit to walking with him and praying and crying out and leaning in, in that place, we will over time and eventually in full get there. But I really want to point out peace because again, think of where we started. We started with, I need a vacation. I need a day off and listen, the Lord certainly uses rest and Sabbath to bring peace. So seek him there. That's a part of it. But think about peace, not only as deliverance, but as sustaining. When I think about a bodyguard, or I think about a shield, right? That's protective. That, that keeps you on two feet instead of lying on the ground. It keeps you standing. It doesn't necessarily eliminate the war and the swirl, but it is protective. The peace of God will guard your heart. That scripture tells us, guard that thing from it. Every wellspring of life comes from that place and guard your mind, right? Our, our, our soul, our desires, our thoughts, right? I think, this touches, I think this touches the emotions. And peace, the peace of God is that guard, right? What about Psalm 23? Let's touch that for a minute. Right? Lord, you're my shepherd. I love, where you at, Mackenzie? Dry, wave at me. Lights. I love you. I love that Mackenzie one day, and I've never forgotten it, was walking us through Psalm 23, and he said, David was saying, Lord, you're my shepherd. What I am to them, you are to me. I love that. Spend some time, spend a day, spend a week walking through Psalm 23 thinking about that and it will bless you. And so he said, Lord, like I lead them through green pastures and I lead them by still waters and, and I protect them, you do the same to me, right? And, and, and even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear. You're with me. Your rod and your staff, they'll comfort me and you'll prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Sustaining peace, right? It's in the presence of his enemies. They're still there. And so why am I drawing these differences between, between how the peace of God may manifest to us? Because if we're just looking for one, we may not have faith for all, right? We may limit what the Lord can do, you know? And we can't dictate, it becomes manipulation at that point, we can't dictate how he manifests to us anyway. 
It's just God move, right, Lula? It's just God move. Just move. I need peace here. And so whether it's the storm stops at your voice or you sustain me or you strengthen me and you give me the ability to stand upright, those are both peace. That is, that is both who you are, right? Sounds a little bit like John 17, where Jesus is praying for first his disciples. You don't have to go there, I'm just gonna touch it. First his disciples, and then, and then you and I. And his prayers are not only for unity, yes, incredibly for unity, but his prayers are also, Father, keep them. Keep them. You go, come on, Jesus. That's as impressive as a prayer as you can pray. Yeah, keep them. In your name, continue to sanctify them by your truth. Think about the deaths that the apostles died, the persecution that they endured. And so it was, it was, it was keep. This is the kind of peace, sustaining peace, that I talked to a friend this week, and we were talking a little bit about what, you know, the, the content was gonna be this morning, and, and he said, have you ever heard the story behind the song, It Is Well With My Soul. I said, yeah, man, I've, I've heard that story. And if you haven't, go read it. It's well worth your time. But the guy's name was uh, Horatio Spofford, I think is how you say it. Swafford, maybe. And, and he was a merchant. And him and his wife went through a lot of loss. Lost a, a son at a young age to pneumonia. Lost a, lost a business up in the northeast somewhere. A thriving business to a fire. And kind of in the middle of, of all that, his wife and his four daughters, I believe, keep me honest, friend, his wife and his four daughters got on a ship to travel over to Europe, and that ship went down. And all four of his daughters died. His wife survived. And on a later trip, making that same trek, about the same point that that happened was when he penned some, if not all, of the words, it is well with my soul. So delivering peace, sustaining peace. The kind of peace that Paul talks about when he said, I've learned a secret. I've learned how to, I've learned how to abase. I've learned how to abound. I've learned how to have much. I've learned how to have little. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the context, right? And so, and so that peace, why, why, why here, Brennan? Why now? Because we... We need it. Don't we? Yeah. I love you. It's good to see you. Her mom just passed away, y'all. Right. Because we need it. And we can't, we can't manipulate how it comes. And human nature is, we want to. And I think it'll help us if we can go. 
you're the, you're the delivering piece, God. And I'm going to do what we just did. I'm going to dig in. I'm going to believe you for miracles. And I'm not going to stop because it's who you are. And I don't care if I take my dying breath believing you for miracles. Because you can sustain me with peace every one of those days while I wait and stand and believe and pray and do life with my family, my brothers and sisters, and minister that to other, right? But there's, listen, there's, there's also guiding peace. There's guiding peace. Delivering peace, sustaining peace, guiding peace, right? He is the God of peace, but he's a multifaceted God of peace. And so what do I mean when I say guiding peace? And this is where we're gonna finish, but we're gonna spend a little bit of time, which is good, right? Give me, give me 10 minutes, I'll be done. Guiding peace. What do I mean when I say that? I, I, I mean, he leads us with peace, right? Is that your experience? Does God lead you with peace? It's, it's my experience. Even so far as I would go to say, faith feels like peace. God's peace is his yes. And so there's, there's so often times where I'm, I'm looking for him like, Lord, where are you and what do I do here? And, and, and we have these options and those kinds of things. And what I find myself leaning into and looking for is the peace of God. You know? Maybe you guys are much more spiritual than I and you get yes and, and, and God speaks to you in clarity and words and visions and pictures and dreams and I pray he does. More and more. So oftentimes it moves from the vague to the specific, right? I'm talking about how the Lord talks to us and so we have to look at this because otherwise we'll get discouraged, we'll think we're broken, what's wrong with me, I can't hear the voice of God and so it's so important to understand that a part of his peace guides us. And so if you look at, I'm touching, touching scriptures this morning. We may or may not get to the one that I want to go to. Probably not. In John 14, 26, and John 16, 13, and then the whole chapter of Romans 8, 1 Corinthians 2, you'll get a pretty good dose of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Right? And what you're going to find in how he speaks is he leads, guides, speaks, shows, reveals, bears witness. He does all these things. How many were verbal? One. So one out of six. One out of six, one out of seven. Right? And we lump it all in with God told me, God talks to us, and he does that, but it's important to know that most of his spirit-to-spirit -spirit communication is nonverbal. Why is that important, Brandon? Because most of what we do in following Jesus is feel him. It's kind of scary because we're touchy-feely, emotional, and that sounds dangerous, and I'm with you. I'm with you. So I think it's important when we think about peace as a guide. I asked a friend yesterday, do you think the Lord leads us with this peace? And he said, no, I stopped believing that a long time ago. It's like, oh, now you really have me interested because I'm preaching that tomorrow. This is what he said. He said, he said, the reason why, Brandon, is because I ran into people and they kept on saying, like, I just had a peace about it. And it looked nothing like God. And the decision, right? So when we talk about being led by peace, we have to be very careful because it can easily become whatever's an absence of turmoil. Whatever's not hard. Whatever I want to do. 
The things we want to do, we normally feel better about, right? We normally feel peaceful about, like, right? You say, Brandon, let's go play golf tomorrow. I'll feel peaceful about that. <laughs> Instead of being where I need to be, which is at work. So, so how do you temper some of these things? And I think we do it partially with the understanding that most of the Lord's communication probably will not be a loudspeaker in our brains. That can be so helpful, gang, right? But also in the definition. Now we heard Google's, an absence of turmoil. When you look at the biblical definition of peace, you see much more whole, complete. Don't you, Dr. Joe? Whole, complete, right? Witnessing to more than you see, right? Almost like I would go, Lord, I see a half a puzzle, and he gives me peace, and that witness is, I see the rest of the puzzle, kiddo. I've got it covered. That's why I say his peace is his yes, because I think his peace reveals his grace. His peace reveals what grace has provided. Now, let me do two things, all right? We're not gonna turn to the story. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna walk you through it real quick where Jesus sends out the 70 because it's a beautiful example. But before I do that, <clears throat> I want to show you the connection between the peace of God and the word of God, okay? It's important. So we talked about how he speaks. His word and his peace go together. Think about Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. Can you bring that up, Jackie? Because I want to read it. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. You down? You done? You're okay. Unto us, a child is given. Unto us, a son is born, right? And of the increase of his government and his peace, there will be no end. And then it goes on to call Jesus the Christ, wonderful, counselor, everlasting God, everlasting father, right? Prince of peace. Keep going, Jackie. <clears throat> That's it? It's great. The zeal of the Lord. Listen, Prince of Peace. He owns it, y'all. Jesus owns peace. He is peace. His government is peace. The reason those two go together is because there is no peace apart from his government. Right? Where he rules and reigns, Alex, there's peace. They go together, the revelation of God and the peace of God, which is whole, complete, lacking nothing, go together. Why is this important? Because what I'm saying is, yes, the word of God will lead us to peace. That's through the front door, but the back door is also true. Discovering true peace in our spirit will also lead us to where God is, where his governance is, where his rule and reign are what his grace has provided, right? Think about how many times you and I have made a decision, had no peace about it, but we went ahead and did it, and it was a train wreck. Oh, I'm not alone. Thank you, Lord. Why? Because there was no peace. There was nothing in you that could identify son to father, daughter to father. I've got it covered, kiddo. I'm there, moving that direction. That's why I say his leading in peace. So we have it there in Isaiah. What about, what about Isaiah 55? 54, Vulo, covenant of peace. 
speaking to our covenant. 55, the restoration of Israel, probably also speaking to some millennial restoration and reign. David's in there a lot, certainly speaking to the new covenant. And the Lord says, you'll go out with joy. I'll lead you forth with peace. Right? This is how he leads his people. This is how he leads his people. Now, this is important, y'all. He can tell us, he can tell us hard things as well. I mentioned John, I'll, I'll get there in a minute. I mentioned John 14, 26, 27. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When he, the helper comes, he'll guide you into all truth. You know what the next verse is after that? That's 26, 27. My peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Those two things, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, revelation from the Spirit of God, and peace go together, right? Are you guys getting beyond this is my opinion? So we have it in Isaiah, we have it in, we have it in John. We get all over the place in John. In John 16, come on up, man, keep me honest. In John 16, 33, 32, 33, Jesus makes this statement. I've told you these things so that in me, you'll have peace. You know what he just told them? I'm leaving, and it's gonna get real hard for you. In short, those who kill you, they'll think they're doing God's service. So, so Brandon, you're saying like the Lord can, the Lord can minister even difficult directions even follow me here, right? Like Peter, this is, this is how you're gonna die. And it will still have peace on it. Yes. That's why it's important to draw a distinction between just an absence of turmoil and the whole complete picture. Do you guys see that? James 3, it's the last place I'll mention. Wisdom from heaven is first pure and then peaceful, and then gentle. Such a guiding place in our walk. Such a guiding place in in our life. Lord, how do I know? How do I know this direction is you, right, Trying trying to move into? Evaluate peace. Christ lives in us. He's the hope of glory. Can a, can a prophetic word confirm it? You betcha. But it needs to be on the inside first. This is how we stay safe. This is how we, this is how we continue to become not only a prophetic church, but a responsible prophetic church. You get a word that has nothing to do with anything going on on the inside of you, and you're walking with God, better test that thing. Put it on a shelf. Get counsel on it. Don't rearrange your life on something from the outside. You don't have anything on the inside. Thank you, Brock. I think so. When Jesus sends out the 70, he says, I want you to go before my face into every city. Harvest is plentiful. Labors are few. Pray. 
go. And as you go, take nothing with you. No money belt, no copper, no silver, no gold, no extra tunic, no extra pair of sandals. When you come to a house, speak peace to it. And if your peace settles, if there's a son of peace there, settles. Move on with ministry. Preach, teach, heal. Preach the kingdom. The kingdom of God's come near to you. But if your peace returns to you, shake the dust off. Two things I love there that we need. East side, two things. I love the process that the Lord was inviting them into, which started with him. Hey, I'm going here already. Rachel, so I want you to go there ahead of me. And when you get there and you find that place where you think my move might take place, I want you to cast your peace out there. And if that peace settles, go. And if that peace bounces back to you, leave. Delivering peace, sustaining peace, guiding peace. Now let me say this because we need it and then we're going to pray. Not only is this a model for how to move in the peace of God, it is also a model for ministry, for reaching the lost, for loving people well. And I am surprised and grieved. at the reality that we sometimes seem to go after people the hardest that are resisting the most. And we get forceful and we get hateful and we do all kinds of ridiculous things that do not represent our God correctly. And if we would just follow the example of Jesus when he says, hey, if it's peaceful, engage. And if it's not, get out. We need walk away power much more in the church than we do at a car dealership. We need it. can stand with me. I'm going to have our prayer team come up while I pray. I think Michael's going to play a song and I know we've already prayed but I, I, I just want to open it up and I want to encourage you guys. If you need peace, Delivering peace, sustaining peace, guiding peace. Father, I want to get real good at following the God of peace, being guarded by peace, delivered by your power, 
to a place of peace, sustained in the midst of madness by a God of peace who's bigger than it all. But also, God, I want to be a part of a church that hears you well because we've learned how to follow the peace of your spirit on the inside of us to a fuller revelation with heaven's provision all over it. And so teach us here. Father, steady our hearts and our commitment here. And because I feel you strong on the word, really steady us in not forcing the gospel. Not being argumentative, not pushing agendas, and not looking at resistance as some kind of challenge for us to overcome. May we see resistance as a challenge to step back and pray. for the God who's able. May we be a people of peace, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus, be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.